huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. So this is a test. It's a bit of a random one. You may have heard me discuss hardcore accountability and stop, stopping the lies that you tell yourself of why you can't hit deadlines and why things don't matter uh, and how to game yourself so that you get important things in your life done. Now, one of the things I find the hardest to get done is a book. Now, people do say to me, well, you've written a lot, Rob, so surely that can't be the case. But I'm pretty open with the fact that I go through one heck of a lot of internal wrestling in my mind and procrastination and all sorts of just pressure and struggle in getting a book done. Uh, And three years ago, I stumbled upon this little idea, uh, which was to book some people to come and review and critique the book, uh, run it in my offices, have them come to me. Um, because I felt like that would give me some proper accountability. Like if I've got 15 people who have come from all over the country to read my book for two days, if I haven't finished that book, I've let them down. And then I thought, well, if I um, pay their travel and expenses, and Martin's actually just flown back to Germany, so um, (laughs) uh, if I pay their expenses and their travel, like not only have I got the pain of letting you down, but it's going to cost me a few grand of wasted money. So that's worked really well. And that got money out, that got uh, Start Now, Get Perfect Later out. And they probably would have taken a lot more months or I might not have finished them. In fact, I know some people who've started four books and not finished them, haven't they? I'm looking at someone around the table, but they can't see you, so don't worry. Because book, books are hard. But then, so, you know, like lots of things in our life that we want to get done are really hard, or at least they are to us. You know, we go through all this internal emotional struggle. Anyway, so let, let me get to the point. So we have just this moment finished one of those book critique reviews. So I invited a dozen critics and we're all sat around a table. So you are the most critical critics in the whole of the UK. Uh, And we have literally just this second finished uh, reading and critiquing my new book, which is called I'm Worth More. Now, before you get excited or frustrated that I'm releasing another one because I've written a lot of books, this isn't coming out for many months. But what I thought we'd do is we would roar as we feel it, critique and go through and discuss the book. So the purpose of us sharing this podcast with you is one, so you can see what it's like to critique 
and critic a book. Two, that, so you can get a flavour of the discussions we have. Um, and as a new concept for a podcast episode. This, if this works, I might do this once a year, um, each time I write a book. If it doesn't, well, I'm just talking to myself because it won't even go live. Who knows? All right, so we have eight people uh, around the table, including myself. A few have left. They couldn't handle it. You are the hardcore, <laughs> die-hard ones. Um, so I'm just going to open the floor to you. You are now live in front of up to 2.3 million people. Um, how was the book for you? What do you want to talk about regarding the book? Let's just discuss. Who wants to start? I'll jump in. Um, so you said prior to the reading that you wanted to do, to be accessible, not only to people who are in business, but well, in fact, not just the people who are in business, but anyone. And I would say that absolutely comes through. Um, a lot of the stuff in there is entirely relevant. If you run a business, I have a small business and a lot of the advice in there I could take on. Um, but it wasn't inaccessible for people who weren't in that, that sector. So yeah, okay. I'd say you've achieved that goal with it. Yeah. Thank you. And if I could just tell everyone what the concept of the book is, I don't think I've done yeah, that yet, have I? Yeah. Oh, this book that we're talking about, it's the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the book's called I'm Worth More and it's all about increasing your self-worth or discovering inside of you what's already there that you haven't discovered. Um, because I don't believe that people are broken. I believe that people are, have everything they need within them. It's just they often need to honour and find that. And so on that uh, discussion point, I've written a lot of business books, property, money, leverage. Uh, and I feel like if I want to grow as an author, um, I need to explore uh, non-business related subjects. Uh, and also, if I want to grow my followings and my reach, if I could write, I could write 10 property books or I could write 10 business books, but I'm essentially writing to the same audience. Also, in helping hundreds of thousands of people just on the phone or on social media or even in masterminds, you know, why do property investors not go and do 15 viewings a week and put in five offers? And, you know, why do business people um, not manage their accounts properly or not do 60 sales calls a day? Because they're scared or because they're worried about how they'll be perceived or how they're judged. And I, I learned that beneath everything in all that we do is this issue of worth. And successful people in their area of success have it. And then people who in their non-area of success generally tend to not have it. Um, and yeah, so that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. So, you're, so you're saying you feel it wasn't just for business people, it was for... 100%, yeah. yeah. I think it was accessible I'd, as well. I'd go a little further and say that actually you're talking about people, about humans, wherever they are and their values and their worth and how they perceive that worth. And I think that is what makes it so accessible to us, we've just read it, uh, and to actually anybody reading it, because it's about a human, it's about yourself and others who are feeling the same and not necessarily understanding that that's what they're feeling. Yeah, it's nice to write a book for a human rather than a human being who wants to invest in property in Peterborough. Nice because I've got more readers and reach, but also no matter what we do, we, we're all a human. Yeah. And, and also in, in the world of property and personal development and courses and learning, which we're all into, sometimes you can go from strategy to strategy to strategy, thinking that the strategy is the thing that isn't working, but you're the common denominator in, oh, I did property, then Forex, then internet marketing, then whatever else. Whereas if you can, get, if you can address your self-worth and improve how you feel about yourself, that's going to come through in whatever business model or opportunity you do. I agree. Yeah. What I got from the book was a lot of who are we? What are we doing? We're wasting time. You know, I love this stuff that right back to you as a person. 
and it brought out everything that you need. You know, why do we let our emotions rule us? How do we deal with them? Mm. So forth, right? Yeah, you said that um, some of my more revealing stories were good additions to the book. Absolutely. Yeah, and some of them I perhaps went a bit far. <laughs> um, There's tangible advice as well. There's if you are experiencing this, then do that. And that's quite nice in a book like this, I think. And um, the advice is delivered in short, sharp, snappy manner as well, which is pretty cool. Rather than having to read two pages to get into what the solution is, it's it's there for you and yeah, it's, uh, yeah, there, yeah. it's palatable. Yeah, definitely. It can be quite hard hitting as well. Some places it's you know very forthright and can, I think it might it ha may have a tendency to offend some people, but they've got to take it in its wider context. Yeah, I let you take out some of my offensive things, didn't I? But I did fight for a couple of them. There are a few wife jokes that, that went. <laughs> but, but people should, you know, not look just at that. It, it's just meant to be punchy, to, to really raise the heckles and get them to think about sure. things. That's what it was for. I mean, I, 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 my desire is for people to change when they consume my content. What's the point of going, mm, yeah, nice. And, and of course, you could make something vanilla or you could make something warm or kind but actually what makes you change the route of your life because you, you read a how-to book because you want to learn something and there's the assumption then that you want to change something about your life and I'm okay with the tough love aspect of it. That takes you on a journey of self-discovery and healing so as you're working through the chapters you're starting to unpick your own mind and thinking what does that mean for me and you're not sort of jumping to the solution, you're digesting it as you go through because it's a logical way that it follows through. Yeah, if, uh, as you read it, you're actually relating it to yourself. Mm. In most chapters, I think a lot of us agree to that. Well, I think I was nodding at yeah. every <laughs> chapter. I think it was, it, was, it was telling you, you, you had said to us before, throughout the book, you'll see my inner voice is in there, like my actual voice as I say things. Yeah. And some of the things that you'd said, people in the group would say, you can't actually say that, but then straight after having said it, they would go, but I say that as well. Mm. And it's like um, that tearing down and there's talk around, I think in the third or fourth chapter about idolization of people that you see as more successful and better than you, but actually in their head, they're going through the same thing that we do. And mm. I think there's quite a nice um, balance of that in the book. You go in, do you know what? You know, this is how I think. This is some of the traps that I fall into and some of the things that I say, I'm going to blow up and do this. And yeah, yeah and, we all feel that. The, the normal person wouldn't know that, right? Because yeah. the normal person doesn't or hasn't met some of these people, whereas I know you have. Yes. Been. And so you've you've spoken to these people and you've got their, their insight. And so you're just bringing that out in the book. Well, this right? is it. So, I've met, yeah. I'm fortunate to have met a lot of famous and wealthy people and billionaires and all sorts. And, and hey, not as many as Arnold Schwarzenegger or whatever, but decent enough. And I've never met one who, does, who had zero insecurities. Exactly. And this yeah. is the point. And like, so when we pedestalise people above ourselves, our idols, we often assume it's easy for them or they don't have the same struggles or emotional <clears throat> difficulties that we do. And then if we think that, we compare ourselves to that and then that demotivates yeah. us. Whereas if we actually, if, if, we, if we knew everyone on the planet went through exactly the same sort of stuff that we did, just at different levels in different places, it prob we probably wouldn't feel so bad about ourselves because we don't have anyone to over or under compare to. You've been waiting for like seven, eight times, haven't you? To... Normally I would. I would... Uh, you could just, it, it, each time you hear this inhale of breath. Normally I would jump in first, but I thought, I'll just... No, go on. Go on. Yeah. best if I let you talk. No, I, I mean, I completely agree. I just had a little look about what you said on the first day about 
uh, the book was about empowering people, making people believe in themselves. Then after, on reflecting upon the, on, upon the chapters, at the, uh, at, the, uh, at the DNA of the book is, is actually love and care and responsibility. Uh, love, care and responsibility uh, and a toolkit for sort of clarity of thinking, uh, a toolkit of better loving of yourself and your ideas and hence a better and loving relationship with the world, i.e. by that we mean other people. Uh, and I think it's very clear, all told through the lens of your experience and learning, which gives it a humanity which is makes it accessible and rooted in the real humanness of struggle endeavor striving and vision and the inevitable fall and continuing to get up, back up and becoming stronger and continuing and you're definitely reading the audiobook <laughs> <laughs> you have such a better voice than me yeah, I, I can't wait to hear you go through some of Rob's brutally yeah. honest. Yeah. Inner we should get him to read that page on all the hate. Yeah. So a few, few months ago, when when I heard you, the, the basis for this book and your idea for it, I was straight away. That's for me. I now, since having read it, I believe my wife has helped you research it because I'm sure it's written about me. <laughs> um, but with that in mind, there was so many golden nuggets in there for me and things for me to act on and. Like what yeah. specifically? Uh, probably, for me, I'm I'm probably struggle a little bit with my self worth. I beat myself up constantly. I'm really hard on myself, yeah. and I get told by family members not to be. And I think you know, that's you very that common. Yes. That's also really common in entrepreneurs because you're driving, 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 and what you're driving for something that is just in out of reach. And you're always driving for that thing that's out of reach. And when you hit that thing that wasn't out of reach, now there's something else that's out of reach. Yeah. And sometimes. You, you're an entrepreneur and you meet a few successful people and then you realise there are more successful people and when you meet more successful people you realise there are even more successful people and it is a never-ending pursuit and often we're looking for the end but, you, but there is no end to find. No end. So that's what we need to understand. There is no end and, and it's hard to realise. We all strive for a particular goal or objective or we want to get to something or something. And then when we get there it's not how we perceived it because we put it up in a like someone you're infatuated with and then you, you think everything about them is amazing and then 10 years later when you're divorcing them and you think everything about them is terrible, that person is the same person. So we put these, we have to be careful with, this is what I want in life and we, have, and we, we chase it. And you confuse it with a solution. You yes. That is going to be a solution. Yeah. And that's a very, uh, that's a very disappointing and dangerous position to be in. I also thought something that you mentioned, which is very good, which is about self-worth, which is if you identify yourself by one thing alone, mm. okay, that is very fragile and dangerous. Because what happens if that if that ceases to work? Mm. What are you then? If you get if you uh, get fired or made redundant yeah, out of your exactly. job, and that's that was what you attached your meaning to, mm. well, then you are just an empty right. vessel. I think um, on the point that we talked about previously that touches on this as well is we talk about pedestalizing and putting things up and making things great. Well, in the book, we also look at things that happened to us in the past and attaching lots of weight to them, not making them great, making them very, very bad and the worst thing that ever happened to me. And there's a, a concept in there and turning that around, looking at the upsides of it. And I think that was one of my favorite chapters was you talking about, without going into too much detail on it, your first job 
how you left, at the circumstances, and at the yeah. time it being the worst thing that ever happened, and look at it now. Was that bad? Yeah. Would you say it was bad? Yeah. No, you see, this is the funny thing. Like, I was just, as you were saying that, I was just thinking, when I went through, basically, uh, getting fired wrongfully, which was then proven in court because we had a year-long battle and went to court, uh, and all the things I perceived he wronged me, um, obviously, I've, I talk about this in the book and actually look at all the upsides of that situation. I mean, I, if he hadn't have fired us, I might still be working for him and I'm much more happy working for myself. But actually, now when I, I look back with nostalgia now, I'm like, oh man, that was a great year. We had such a great... I mean, he lent me his Porsche and just let me drive his Porsche up to like Leeds. What boss just lends you their Porsche? Okay, you know, he could be a bit militant and angry, but he could also be really cool. And he used to take us out for drinks all the time. And I used to think, oh man, he's about 50, but he likes chasing the 25-year-old girls. But he used to take us out and pay for all the drinks. So, so what? You know, like 25 is legal in this country. It's okay. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so, um, so it's funny how like the things in the moment you, you look at with great pain, but then you could look at with nostalgia and yeah. And, and like, oh, I remember those days. They were so great. It's like, you know, when you've been married for 20 years, sometimes wish you were single, but you forget when you were single, all you wanted to do was meet someone. So it's about in the moment, not making something so one-sided in your perception of it. Yeah, right. Well, like in the book, it gives you the skills to actually deal with them, no matter what stage you're at. So yeah. You're starting out millionaire, billionaire, whatever. You all got the same problems. as you says, I think, a couple of points back. Mm. You know, no matter what stage you're at, there's kind of the same bags, there's kind of the same loads. It's just how you're looking at it and yeah. how you're... Yeah, I mean, the, I think one of the concurrent themes in the book is no event has a, a completely 100% upside or downside. Uh, and, and wisdom is seeing the upside and the downside. But it's also seeing the downside and the upside. Because actually, and this is sort of not the normal thing to say in personal development, but often we make some of our worst decisions when we're elated. You know, like investment decisions or, or sh decisions to buy things. You, you know, like we, we, we've had a coffee, we're feeling really high, or we've had an amazing day or something happened, and we go and make a really bad investment decision. It's, it's a classic in investing. Um, so it's like... Okay, which imbalanced emotion am I in? You know, guilt and shame or elation. And then, okay, there could be a downside to this and trying to make decisions in a, in a more balanced environment. I think on that point about the balance and the up and the down and everything, and, and everybody all the, in the self-development kind of guru types always strive for everybody to have their life in balance. And I don't, as you say in the book, I don't think you can really get that. I think it kind of fluctuates between a bit out of balance uh, in either up or yeah. down but it's always like yeah, that it's the, never that's perfect the process that's, that keeps a really engaging uh, attention yeah mm. attention mm. Yeah, that's really important otherwise you just fall asleep like a great big piece if of we were in balance well that's another one yeah that's another one of those things which is like we perceive how this outcome will be better you know, like sometimes you think when you're a kid, oh, I may imagine if you could read people's minds. Well, no way, because they will be thinking shit about me and I just hear it all day, every day. So the thing you perceive would make your life better. If Two of the most common questions I'm getting asked at the moment is where do I buy my watches and where do I buy my gold? People don't know this, but I've invested in gold for 17 years. If you go back to 1971, the birth of fiat currency, the devaluation of money. Money's gone down by 85% in value since then. But you could buy one ounce of gold for about $30, which peaked at over $1,500. Gold is a great defensive asset class. 
Gold is a great hedge against the matrix and the system. It's a great hedge against inflation. And I've finally found someone who I am now partnering and has become a sponsor on the show, and that is Josh Saul of The Pure Gold Company. He has a special offer where you can get a complimentary investor guide and book an appointment to get your own private consultation at pure-gold.co forward slash Rob hyphen more. I buy my gold from this company. So if you'd like to just buy the gold or get the investor guide, go right now to pure-gold.co forward slash Rob hyphen more. Big shout out to the Pure Gold Company for collaborating and sponsoring this episode. If it were there, it would have an equal downside that you just didn't see in that moment. It's like the, the, the goal and the journey. Following on from your point there, Rob, obviously in the book, um, you, you brought your, your fears to the table and I think we all agreed with that, that actually we believe people are thinking X about us when actually they're probably not. But it's our own right. mind and our own emotions playing tricks on us and allowing us to believe that you know people are talking about yeah. us when they've probably got much better things to be doing. Well, it's like when you have an argument with someone in your head. Now, we, we've all done that. We've all received an email or someone, you know, I, I used to just be, someone would look at me funny and I'd just make that mean a million things and for 15 minutes afterwards I'm having a massive argument in my head just because they looked at me funny, especially if it was the wife. <laughs> I'm not allowed to write about my wife in the books, uh, you have told me. So, so with the structure of the book, so um, when I wrote Money it was 155,000 words and that could have been 250,000 words if it weren't for my publisher encouraging me to get that down and they wanted it to be about 70,000 but I thought if I'm going to write a book which is uh, suggesting that it could be the one-stop shop to learn about all things money, that can't be a short book. But then a lot of people say that I have this very long-winded writing style. So I tried to challenge myself and do the reverse of that in Start Now, Get Perfect Later, which is essentially one or two pages per chapter. And I tried to continue that theme here of having very short, concise, and we've got the ad verb coach next to us, haven't we? So uh, someone, in the, someone in the room was helping us get rid of unnecessary words like realistically and literally and all of those words. Yeah, I mean, you probably saved me 44,000 words in the whole journey. <laughs> yeah, so. So yeah, I, I, listen, I, I really like the short chapters. I really do. And I like the fact that your paragraphs are in actual fact two or three sentences. Yeah. That's it. That's plenty. Absolutely. Because conceptually, if you look at a page and it's not got one line break, you just oh. look at that and that's... And it's all right for a fiction book, I suppose, because you want to get lost in it. But for a, an educational book, you think, well, that is just too much. It's yeah, overwhelmed. Yeah, so like the structure of the, the section, so the, the first nine chapters essentially are an introduction, though we may change the, the title of that. Then it's how do you value yourself and what do you say to yourself? then it's your perception of what other people think about you. And then it's a full section on increasing your self-worth and then a section on managing and mastering your emotions and then a bonus section. So actually, the big section in the middle is all the solutions. Uh, and, and I tried to break all my books down into sort of five or six sections that seem to have some kind of relevance, like acts of a play. Uh, beca because I think conceptually it's got to have a journey. You've got a very good flow that goes all the way through. I think with your sections and your short chapters and your short paragraphs, you're bringing out quite tactile, quite specific and applicable information, reasons for, reasons why, reasons and things to do that's all directly approachable and absorbable 
that you don't have to get through waffle to get to. You don't have to wade through it and try and understand what could they mean by this. You actually just say it. And I like that approach. I'm not an intellectual. Uh, and I've, the best feedback I continually get is that I write as if I'm talking to people colloquially. I even um, challenged, because obviously you're all very well grammatically trained, and we even left out or in some words which would mean I, it would be how the sentence I would say rather than what is grammatically correct. I, I, that's an interesting thing. If I may take a little slight detour and the river meanders in a different way. Can I light a fire? Well, we're <laughs> <laughs> On what grounds did you select this very diverse group of people from a simple <laughs> posting on Facebook? And I didn't take yeah. Actually, that's a really good point because it, yeah. we should probably discuss how this happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I put a post in the Disruptive Entrepreneur Community just saying, selling the concept of the book critiquing session. Now, of course, if I just did that in the wider public, that might not have got the same response because obviously in the disruptive entrepreneur community, I've got listeners on my podcast and people who know what I do. But we had probably best part of 100 people that wanted to do this. And in the end, I think there were 12 of us. Um, so how I picked it now, when I did it for the first time, um, I challenged myself to pick the harshest critics. And I think this was with money because with, there was a, so much research in money. I mean, I think you'll all agree there's like maybe 15 or 20 small bits of research in this book, but in money, there was just such deep amount of research, which has to, if you're proclaiming to help people learn about money and there's the history of money and all of that, then that's a deep amount of research that you've got to back up. So I chose on purpose the, the most harshest of technical, analytical, anal, pedantic, annoying critics. Uh, and actually, that, this was three years ago, so this, I don't mind, I'm not, this was three years ago. And actually, that really helped because they did, but, but it took such a long time and we got so much into the technical aspect rather than the, the sort of the feel of the book. And they, would, they were arguing a lot um, over tenses and things like that, um, which I, I found amusing. <laughs> then when we did the second one, which was last year, which would have been Start Now, Get Perfect Later, I thought I'm going to mix it up a bit. And I thought I'll have some fans and some critics. Uh, and we, I think, we think we naturally, accidentally, on purpose, had an equal balance of men and women. I hadn't really thought of that at that point. And actually, some of the women were like, mm, I'm sure that joke's a bit close to the line, i.e., you know, unintentionally sexist. Or, hey, Rob, a lot of your references to successful people are all American or are mostly men. What about? And, and they really gave it some balance. So for this one, the third year in a row, I went for a great variety of people. So I intentionally chose some people who were pro pro professional proofers. I intentionally chose people who were um, sort of technically trained in English and grammar, etc. I intentionally chose some, um, like for, for example, Gareth, he's, he's followed Progressive for probably seven or eight years. So Gareth's probably known me the longest. Uh, and so in that regard, he's probably our longest fan. Um, and then I... Uh, so a, a good mix, I wanted a good mix of men, women, fans, critics, and also I was looking at how you pitched coming to this event and, and what you would do. And I think we've done good. I think we've got a, a diverse range. I wanted at least w one person who was very well versed in personal development uh, and maybe some that aren't. And also wanted someone who would say something like, oh, you know, I didn't go to uni or anything like that. I, you know, I just sort of, 
So I wanted someone who's intentionally... I'm trying not to look at anyone because you're going to think, oh, that stereotype is me. I am that one. <laughs> but, I, but I tried to pick where I could a variety. I'm waffling now, so let's carry on. Someone save me. Yeah. No, it's good. No, just, just it's, a, it's a curious next and a very uh, interesting way to sort of self-select a group of people. In fact, this would be fun. Why don't we go around and everyone tell, tell us what you do? Because we you don't got... know. Nobody's got a clue. <laughs> we just, that's very interesting. We just came straight into it, didn't we? Yeah, we just got straight on. No. No, you missed that, Rob. No, no I'm sorry. You missed I an didn't... opportunity, though. Yeah. yeah. Did you do it on the word? I was not there. I, I didn't introduce myself. No, as I said, we no, missed it. Did. Oh, we missed, missed it, right. missed the opportunity. Okay. Why don't we, no. Should we do it now? Start. Let's go around then. And, yeah. Okay, I'll go first. My name is Hazel Hardy. I used to be a copywriter and proofreader, and now I'm a mindset coach and working property. Ah. Yeah. And how do you work in property? I work for a lettings agency. Do you? Right, okay, right, all right. Great. Yeah. Hi, I'm David and I'm from Norwich. You know? <laughs> I'm single and ready to mingle. <laughs> David Hansen, I actually now live in Gloucester and I'm from Leicester, technically. Uh, I'm currently a managing uh, management and business consultant. I work mostly in change management and people, uh, but I've also just started my own property investment company. Okay, can you remember any of you as we go around as well what your pitch was for doing this? I can. Can you remember what your pitch was for doing I just this? I put my hand up and said I was a proofreader. Oh, so you said you're a proofreader, yeah. so that, that would have probably been yeah. the main, yeah, main draw. I mean, I can't remember, so, but. I used to uh, co edit the RAF Active magazine. Right. So that's, you, you ha that's how you won me over. <laughs> so uh, my name is Simon Ferris. I'm, I'm from Bournemouth. I own a company called Trade Initiative. We specialise in paid marketing, uh, predominantly in the home improvement sector. Um, my thing is boilers. Boilers, oh, that's fantastic. I'm the boiler guy. Um, and how I won the pitch to come here, you had posted on the Facebook group something along the lines of, are you the most pessimistic, narcissistic person? If so, I'd like to invite you along to my headquarters. And I switched it up and said, um, I'm the most pessimistic, narcissistic person. I'd like to invite myself to your headquarters. My expenses will be paid. I'll be there for two days. I'm pretty sure I didn't use the word narcissistic. I think no, pessimistic or critical, yeah. sorry, rather. Yeah. Skeptical. Um, Skeptical would have been Skeptical. in there. Yeah. I made my post and uh, and I turned to my girlfriend and went, I've got that. I've got this. Nah, Which is a complete yeah. opposite of pessimism. But yeah. um, And then oh. a couple of minutes later, you invited me. Can't Great. Thank you. Gareth. Gareth. Hello, I'm Gareth Thomas. Uh, I'm a self-employed uh, contractor. I work in the financial services industry. I'm also a property investor. And as Rob said, I've um, followed Progressive for many years. I, I remember back in the day, back in the networking events, when you were, well, knee-high to a grasshopper. Couldn't grow a beard, spiky hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you <laughs> Used know, to wear all suits. of the people that we know, uh, all our friends. Yeah. Uh, so I've been in around the game a long time. And have you read any of my books before? I have, yes. Yeah, yeah I've read a, a few of your books. And so I listen to your podcast and everything else. And I just, I, I love it. And I, I wanted to come really as, uh, well, just to experience doing yeah. something like this. I've never done this before. Um, and what my pitch was, I can't remember. I think I said something like, bit corny something like oh you had me at hello yeah it was a bit of a joke yeah. and I really didn't think I'd get picked if I'm honest but yeah. uh, I'm very pleased that I'm here great and I, I would have also picked some people intentionally because they've read all my books and some people intentionally if they hadn't read any of them because again just wanted that variety Grant so I'm Grant Spielman um, I'm a former Essex boy now living just down the road um, I run a company called Ultimate Reflections which is a vehicle valeting and detailing company and I'm launching myself into property Hopefully, public speaking and training going forward. That's sort of my aspirations. 
What would you like the public to speak about? I think that would depend on the, the training that I'm able to do going forward. So wherever I can offer value, to be honest, it's, I've not got quite as far as having a determined subject yet. Uh, I am on experts to speak a revolution in a couple of weeks' time, so you'll love hopefully that. I'll have a clearer vision. Well, two then. and a half days through, you won't love it, but you'll love it by <laughs> the end. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Yeah, and what was your pitch for this? I think my pitch was, I'm local, it's not going to cost you any money. Oh, right. <laughs> there you go. Ah. That, that weighs up Martin flying first class from Germany. <laughs> it was the balance you were looking for. Yes. We spoke about. To be honest, I, I, I hope this is completely out of my comfort zone, but I hope I may be able to bring something to the table in... in and you in, have. In a, yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, I think everybody is equally... There's, there's been no one who's either dominated or not got anything in. Um, so my pitch was that you asked for people who were pedantic and critical... And I told you that it was none of those things, although after the last two days, I now question that in myself. <laughs> so maybe I am, but it got me got me through. Uh, I just said that I'm good at constructive feedback. I've done it for years. Um, I'm good at it. It's part of my role. So I've spent uh, the last 18 years with uh, a very big energy company, um, and I work as a health and safety risk, risk and assurance manager in recent years. Um, but I am on my way out of that uh, imminently, and I'll be working full time as a property investor. So, uh, got a little message for your boss? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm not supposed to. Be no, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. The day and the time is. Yeah. Cut. <laughs> Brendan. Uh, hi, I'm Brendan. Um, I'm from Belfast, or just outside of Belenhinch, Northern Ireland. Um, my pitch for getting here was basically a, I've never done this before. Um, I'm employed, so I'm not self-employed. I'm probably the only one that's not self-employed. And employed as what? Uh, retail, so I'm okay, a sales assistant. Patient man. In <laughs> very fair. Um, so my pitch is basically, I haven't done this before, although over the years of doing my own personal development and so forth, yeah. just working on myself. So um, I put it in. Thank you for Great, for pleasure. Me. Thanks for coming. Very good. Thank and you. finally. Yes. Um, I feel, well, <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a certain... Derogatory terms. I've, I've always worked out very outside the mainstream and took complete responsibility for my uh, artistic practice. Um, but I've, I've spent 40 years working as a performer, then as a, as a, as a, as a director and uh, as, a, as an educator. Uh, so I've been extremely lucky that I've had four decades of uh, doing as an artist. However, in 2000, I was standing on a balcony in Dubai looking across the city and uh, Realised I was deeply unhappy. Uh, I had uh, 5,000 people coming to a show, I was seeing every night, and when I was unhappy because once again I was away from my family homes. So I came back to Cardiff and I thought, what can I do that uh, can earn me money without taking much of my time so I can continue with my artistic practice? So I, knowing nothing, uh, somehow I sort of bought this portfolio, I borrowed the bank, lent me a load of money. And I did our properties, I knew nothing, I didn't know how to do it, worked it out, then built up a little portfolio, let that grow, and then went back to being an artist, became head of creative learning at the Sherman Theatre. I quit that job, because the job I was going to get, I was going to keep that job until my children left home, and now I'm in the final throes of doing an MA in creative writing, and then I don't know. Maybe a voiceover artist, <laughs> that's your... <laughs> Because <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Podcast introductions. Podcast yeah, yeah. Great. All right. So what? What really hit home 
for any of you? I'd say no to stuff. But the biggest, best chapter for me, or rather not the biggest, but the best and most specific was um, how to say no. Um, and specifically being able to say no to stuff or not being able to say no to stuff was potentially like you... Um, downplaying your own self-worth and your own time saying you know oh mine's worth less than yours so put it on me and yeah. so yeah saying no to things was for me the best okay so for me actually it's made me realize how much damage i'm doing to myself and my own self-worth and you know that i really need to address that and i think when this book is launched i'll be reading it multiple times over because i really feel that there's some therapy in there for myself yeah and remember grant and everyone the the chapter on beating yourself up don't beat yourself up for that because that's what we can tend to do. Like if, if, you're quite, if you've learned a fair bit of self-development, something happens, you beat yourself up, then you start beating yourself up for beating yourself up, Correct. and then you think, I should know better, look what I've done, I'm an idiot, and then you beat yourself up even more. Whereas, in fact, if you have more knowledge, that should be a good thing, not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, I found it a very positive, motivational book. Um, Hopefully really not rah rah happy clappy. No, I like to get that one in I room. like your brutal honesty. Lots of people will find it challenging to read it. It is personally challenging, and I think some of your prose is challenging. Um, Are you technically incorrect? <laughs> no, just uh, some people will find it quite risque. Perhaps the best way to put that. Yeah. Some might even be offended, but I think actually. It comes from a place well, we of... know what they can do, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> but you're coming from a place of you genuinely care. Yeah, You've been through this journey yourself and you want to help other people make that journey for themselves, mm. not beat themselves up and value themselves and realise that their unique qualities are theirs and there's a place for them. I, I, I would endorse that. I think it comes from a position that actually... I think you're all authentic. You think... Well, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yeah. That's all right. I think you're decisive. It comes from authentic place. I, I, I'm a great skeptic and a great cynic. Um, but Which is, will be one of the reasons why you're here. That's great. Yeah, right. but yeah. it, um, you come from an authentic place and you, you put yourself through it. And that's what I said. I go back to what I said at the beginning. It is, it is full of love and care, actually, and uh, uh, responsibility and... Uh, uh, yeah, and yeah, how important it is to put value upon oneself, and mm. I'm afraid it's your job to do that. Yeah, nobody else is going to do that for you. Yeah, I, I, I know that it, it does sometimes push some people's buttons, but I think it's important just to say it how it is, rather than fluff around it all. I th you know, in, in sections of my other books, like stop complaining, stop moaning about things. Mm. Yeah, you know, some people don't like that, but the reality is, moaning takes time. And then and energy, and then if you stopped moaning, and then you got that time back, and you put that time into overtime in a job or your personal development, it would be a good thing to do. So uh, uh, where I do try and be more direct, and maybe where I'm going to get accused of being blunt or crass or challenging, which I'm okay with all of those, there's a practical reality behind it, and, and I do try and split in this book the emotional and the practical. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's really good. At the end of the day, all the hours that we waste worrying are hours that get in the way and replace hours that could be invested. It's obvious in the book you speak from a position of 
knowledge and I've been through it. You know, you, you show some vulnerability within there and how you overcome some of those things. I feel you're in a position of authority to help advise people because you have been through some difficult times. And yeah. I mean, I mean, look, not as hard as some. Correct. And, you know, I like to put that into context. And also, let's, I just want, I've always wanted to talk about this vulnerability thing. Because like all the Americans out there are going sort of hashtag be vulnerable. And it's like, why do they have to turn it into a strategy that you use to get more views and shares? So like, I'm not really trying to be vulnerable. That's, and I'm not challenging you. It's just that there's this whole movement of vulnerability. And hey, if you're vulnerable, people will like you and your content more. I just think it's, say it how it is um it was funny wasn't it because you said about one of the stories oh is that true you know about tommy the one-handed golfer and i went no i lied i just made it up (laughs) of course it's true every single one of these i think that's where we think authentic or vulnerable comes from i am telling you a story exactly how it happened to the point where you corrected me on the name of the car and we you know because um, no but this is the point so saying it how it is I think then people appreciate that. I just think it gives you your, your positional authority. You have the right to talk about it because you've experienced it and you've you've gone some way to managing it. Uh, as we said, we're not all there perfectly, but you've gone a long way to manage it. So I think you are the right person to be talking about it. We did it live as well. We were brutal about a lot of the stuff that you've been doing over the last few months in this book. We sat and went, nah, get that out, don't like that, strip it back. And a lot of stuff you sat and you listened and you went, nah, that's me, that's what I'm doing, That's I'm sticking with it. And other stuff you went, yeah, do you know what, reflection is out. And I think that was a live demonstration of some of the stuff that you, you put in there. I must admit, sometimes when I went, no, I'll leave it as it is, it's cause just couldn't be bothered to change it. I was just done. <laughs> and, and when I didn't make one of your changes, you didn't like it, did you? Be honest, you didn't like it. You didn't, you said, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get a long with you about that. I'm quite sad that after we picked up the early phrase, make ensure and more ensure, that there aren't more of them later yeah. in the book. I yeah, we did. We, we, like, we should have put more of those in, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, um, our, our first session, we'd read the first three chapters, which were short intro chapters, and we spent like an hour reviewing them, of which 15 to 20 minutes was... Can you say more ensure? <laughs> You're, that's going with you to your grave, isn't it? That one. On the gravestone. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, having also have to say, I thought I thought it was a very efficient way of critiquing quite a large text to break it down. Because I was thinking, how are we going to critique a book yes. when we've given no reading material beforehand, mm. nothing, nothing's to leave the room. But actually, it's a really very yeah just to explain to everyone how we did it because we haven't yet yeah we've there's 56 chapters the biggest chapter is five pages the shortest one is half a page Uh, and we did just three chapters reviewed them three chapters reviewed them and then as we got speed four chapters reviewed them and then we sped up the feedback when we were all getting a little bit focused on the grammar and spelling rather than the concept Uh, and yeah we've at one point we didn't think we were going to finish and then we finished well, yeah, I mean, we're still, we're still probably going to finish an hour before we thought Can we I would. Add, I add um, to that that uh, we all first were told it was going to be from 12 till 3. Yeah, that was definitely not that from was... me, and that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're given a book on speed reading to do before you came in. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was great how agile we were in, yeah. uh, in change terminology. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's actually not as easy as one would think to organise something like this. and. No, I was going to yeah. say, I comment your management style, how we got that done, because you kept us on it, you're like, right, three chapters, go. Cool. 
and then come back. Yeah, slave driver. Yeah, yeah. I think we've had a great energy oh, in the room bouncing off of each other. But we're both yeah, we're all from on. quite different backgrounds by the sound of things and different levels of past education. That's mm. something. Sort of and I think we've all complimented each other. The energy was so high that we overspilled and interfered people doing book readings in the next room. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, we did. We got they got upset and you drew all over the orange sofa as well. Didn't you? Yeah. I'll be sending you the bill on that. There was a little clause in the NDA about damage. <laughs> Says Rob looking at Simon, not Gareth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Send it my way, I'll be fine. So if you could sum up what the book is about, what would you say? You could do a word or a phrase or... Know that you are worth more and that you are already enough. Seeing things as they are, not what they are. Yeah. And being yourself, being true to yourself. Um, it is just a journey of self-discovery. It takes you through the, the process step by step from through theory to examples and some raw bits from you about what shaped you and why you've behaved in the past the way that, um, that you do and that we can all learn from. So, I think for anyone that ever doubts themselves, any questions themselves in any way, just buy this book, read it, get the points, take it on board, believe in yourself more. Okay, just before we go to you guys, just, just so you know, because that would have been a nice way to end and then add a link to go buy the book. <laughs> it's not actually a pitch for the book because it won't be out for months and months and months unless you, you're listening to this months after the episode was live. So, yeah, I don't want you to think this is all a veiled pitch for the book. It, it will be six to nine months because I've now published three books in probably under 18 months. And, you know, like I don't want to churn so much that people perceive that the quality goes down. You know, like bands that churn an album out every year for 30 years. Well, they might only make three great albums. I'm prolific in terms of my content, but I don't ever want to commoditize myself. That So I just thought that was worth mentioning. Sorry, that's 20 years in sales for you. Yeah, no, that's all right, Grant. Um, I'll, bring you, I'll bring you back for when it's, when it's live. Gareth, if, if the, the, what you thought the book was about? I... I can't um, put it into just one or two words, I'm afraid, Rob. Okay. It's For me, it was um, it, it covers a, a wide range of um, different aspects of the issues relating to self-worth. Um, if you've been in the game, if anybody's been in the kind of self-development game for any length of time, they will have heard some of this, and other parts of the book they won't have heard of because it's from you and it's from your journey, and it's your take on it. So it's got content for everybody, in my view, um, and if they have heard it, then it's a reminder because we forget often a lot of what we already know. Yeah. And so it's a fantastic short, sharp reminder of, oh my God, I remember reading about that or doing that or learning that however many years ago. And so to have this book on your bookshelf and then just refer to it every so often and just keep reminding yourself and doing it and keep doing it. That, I think that's the, what I'm going to mm. kind of do with this book. So also something important to add is that I try and pick individual issues out and give them their own section. Like in Start Now Perfect Later, there's active procrastination, which is a specific thing, there's pre-crastination. So I tried to, with all my experience and research, work out, okay, how are all the ways we beat our self-worth down? So there's a, having a fear of success, beating yourself up, comparing yourself to others that we call the comparison curse doubting yourself, labelling yourself, trying to live up to other people's expect, expectations, um, being a perfectionist, etc. So actually, I did do design these books to be a guide that you can go back to. Because sometimes you're, you're going to think, oh, I'm just getting, I'm just being too perfectionist again. You can just open a two-page chapter 
and read on that specific thing. And also, self-worth is different for everyone. So some people are like, well, I'm not a perfectionist at all, but I do have a lot of self-doubt. So they'll relate to some parts. So it's kind of designed to be a little sort of library, yes. a brief library that you can go back and access. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also, talking, yeah. also, I'd like to say that it, um, I got the feeling at the beginning that people may, have, may think <clears throat> that this is related to business people people that are self-employed that's not actually true because I mean mm. up until two years ago I was employed yeah. and and I'm still I'm self-employed and I'm still thinking these things mm. so it's actually for everybody who's employed or self-employed or business owners so yeah. I don't think even unemployed I don't think and the unemployed. job has any really yeah. different sort yeah. of thing yeah. it's, it's just it's for everyone really. goes back to the human well there's plenty of things about being a parent yeah. and yeah relative yeah. care just wanted to get that yes. out yeah. just in case people yeah. thought it was going down the route of business and it's not at all it's yeah. more yeah. human so you're a human being you'll get value some yeah okay it's been a yeah. great therapy it's session good. for me for me um i would say the crux of it was be aware of how your own perception um can affect your reality and how much control you can actually have over your reality so take control of it and uh and be the change that you're looking for mm -hmm. right uh, i think for me the biggest thing i took from it and would say about it is it goes through all aspects, as you've said, of the influences on your own worth, whether that's your perceptions, uh, what you might think other people think of you, living up to unattainable goals and all the rest. But for me, in here, I'm taking the biggest is mastery of your emotions mm. and trying to achieve balance in those, because I think that is something that everybody struggles with in mm. every circumstance. Well, the upsides and the downsides. I agree. I think it's the biggest thing. If anyone ever asked me what have I learned in business most in the last 10 years, it's nothing to do with the making of the money. Mm -hmm. It's the managing your emotions. When you perceive people challenge you, when you've got legal cases, when you've got staff not doing their job, when you've got X, Y, Z, A, B, C, and all you want to do is react. And in that moment, you don't really know the cost of your reactions, mm -hmm. but six months or a year or two years later, when you can see the result of those, like when four of your eight staff leave and set up in competition because you got angry with them or, or whatever it is, then, you know, I haven't learned this because I have some gift. I've learned this because I've just been doing it for a lot of years. And I like, I like making money. And so, so even I can manage my own anger if my anger costs me a lot of money. So I like to put things into black and whites. If I open my gob here, because my ego really wants to open my gob, and it's going to cost me 28 grand, even I can shut my gob. <laughs> I can do that if it's for an hour, it's 28 grand an hour. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> so, and, you know, you, like, like posting stuff publicly or criticising other people or, you know, whatever. Yeah. So as a professional proofer yourself, <laughs> what was the quality of this manuscript when you might compare it to others you have proofed? Would it be the best or the second best? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yeah, I think we'll end on that. Uh, uh, your voice definitely comes through in it as you read it. Really yeah, good. you can hear your voice. That's a nice way of saying that the it's grammar, the, the grammar is terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's not the Queen's English. No, it's not, and it's not intended to be. Yeah. Okay, and then finally to summarise, unless whatever you want to chuck in, this whole process, because this discussion, this test podcast, isn't just about the the inner examination of a book and what it's about and where it comes from. It's also about the examination of this process. This process is critiquing a piece of work. This could be a piece of art, this could be a film, this could be a book. And as the author, you know, me allowing critique 
in and you as a critic. So what's your experience of this kind of process? I thought it was very good. No, you go ahead. No, no, I, I... Well, while you two are arguing, I'll tell you why I do this. <laughs> but I'd rather go through the pain now. I mean, it doesn't pain me anymore. I meet nice people. We have fun. It's kind of cool. I like being challenged. I like the banter. As, it, as the days went on, we had more fun and there was some banter and that kind of stuff. Um, but, but, you know, in the early days, just basically putting your piece of art on the table and saying, rip that to bits. Yes. That's, that was hard for me at first. I'd rather have the pain now than the pain in the market when I get more critical reviews. So it's just a stress test before it goes live. I'd rather have it now than publicly. And also it takes, I don't have to now go and read it another three times and edit it because you've done it for me. Um, so it's a bit of leverage in there as well. It's like one of the guys says earlier, you know, whenever everything was getting thrown at you and you're sitting there going, yep, yep, no, I'll leave that, I like that. You know, so it showed that you were taking everything on board yeah. and you were using actually the tools that you learned over the years because you weren't stressed and you weren't flustered and you weren't, yeah. Straighten back, you know, you took them, yeah. took them on board, evaluated uh, and moved on. He's very efficient. I think it's really efficient. Well, and essentially, my on. book has been edited 12 times. That's right. Yeah. That, it's going to be better on edit. Well, you'd, ar you'd argue that it'd be better on 12th edit. I mean, you could lose something out of it, but and that's good. I mean, when I wrote, wrote Money, I edited it five times myself. And in the end, I know the goal was to take like 40,000 words out and um, you know that some of the challenges we had just deleting a line or three words, three, three lines. Some of us were like, oh, no, you can't. We, we deleted a chapter, didn't we? A half page yeah. chapter. Yeah. And actually, I was OK with that. But a few people were like, no, you, you, you can't take that out. Um, so I found it virtually impossible to get the word count down, even though I edited it five times when I edited money. But um, one thing I've learned with the book is you can take it so far, then you have to let it go, um, because if you control everything, you never get it out. Uh, and like, there's, there was plenty of things where you guys said, oh, I'll take it out. And I wasn't really that bothered either way. And it just went fine, yeah, and I just trusted you to take it out. Because that's the point of having editors. Do you know what? A book is like a poem. It is never finished. Mm. It is merely abandoned. <laughs> yeah. There's been like five things you've said that we should have ended the podcast on. Um, yeah, I don't want you to be confused, Gary. I can't say why anyone would give this a bad review. I think it's a brilliant book. Oh, there'll be there'll be one stars. There will be one stars. I can't wait to read them. Yeah. <laughs> After what we've we're all invested in it. Yeah. yeah. I hope they I hope they actually one star some of the things that you changed. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Yeah. We know what they are. Yeah, yeah. You can't say more insure. Johnny <laughs> Longbottom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Willie's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we don't want to give too much away. Okay, is there anything anyone wants to add? Um, do the one stars always come from the same people? If you go a little... Okay, so there's definitely some. I've had now about nearly 3,000 five-star reviews mm -hmm. and about 300 one-star reviews. Uh, and I would say a third of the one-star reviews I could recognise where they're from. Right. A hater, a competitor, yes. quite a few competitors that just go and one star the reviews because they think that's a, a, a cool thing to do, because I can just see. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe a quarter, I don't know, you know, something like that. Um, also, I think people who, like for example on Goodreads, or it, where people come with a, a, a literary desire or from some kind of intellectual space, mm. 
uh, often they can get frustrated with my style. And so that sometimes, I've, probably I'd say 30 to 50 of my 300 one-star reviews, people have got two hours in and they've given up. Yeah. Because they, I guess they, they just come, you know, this is not a technical style that I write. Um, but I feel like the world needs more cutting to the information because there's so much information and straight shooting truth rather than pseudoscience and psychobabble and, you know, and the, all this grandeur. And that's my angle anyway. I'm not saying that it's right because obviously if you're reading a great fiction book, you'd want all that. But this is, yeah. this is yeah. hardcore non-fiction. Um, so yeah, so I know you said you don't know why anyone would one star, but I would say um, people who are trained or who are yeah. intellectual, I don't like to use that word because what is intellectual? I, I don't speak in an intellectual manner, but I know about business. What, what does that make me? I don't know. Um, but yeah, you can certainly see. And if people... Yeah, yeah I was going to say if people had never had any experience with me, but actually, I get quite a lot of good reviews from there as well, where my, my latest book was the first one that they encountered. Okay. This is the first book of yours that I've encountered. I hadn't read any of your previous work. and uh, Well, then you have much work to do. <laughs> <laughs> also, Help you, I will. I think we have the credit card machine somewhere <laughs> accessible. <laughs> I'll I'll you know, I get 30 <laughs> pence a book off Amazon, net, net, net. Oh, my yeah. God. Once, uh, I'll buy one cash now. <laughs> you can't say that on a podcast. I'll have to take it to the bank and pay the tax. <laughs> um, yeah, buy it on Amazon and then I might go up in the rankings by one position. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Great. So, yeah. what, what was that? Um, have you, do you know what my quote is that I end on every podcast? Have you ever listened to no, any of my no, podcasts? Because no, no. I want you to say it in your poetic voice. Does anyone know what my quote is that we end every podcast with? Can someone write it? If someone knows it exactly, like word for word, so and then you're going to say it in your most theatrical I'll, I'll voice. Just, you know, I'm just going to say it. No, you, no, no, no. You've got to act and ah. your arms. Okay. In the yeah. style of Henry VIII. <laughs> in tights that are too tight for him. No, there's no, no, no need to be silly in No need to be silly in Right, so um, thanks for tuning in. And okay. No, no, so, so just um, if you don't risk anything, then you risk everything. Thank you very much. Thank you.